Sport Calgary acts as a resource for sports organizations with a ton of information available online at sportcalgary.ca. Learn about community and coaching resources, research, jobs, and of course, the latest in Calgary sport. Hey, 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 you. Thanks for for dropping by. I am your podcasting pal, uh, Sport Calgary director, volunteer, and, and your friend on podcast, Rob Kerr. Thanks for doing this. Uh, thanks for downloading it. Um, great conversation today. Um, you know, I, I often do these introductions failing to realize that you guys have already purposefully downloaded. So you know who the guest is, and here I am building it up. So let's dump right in. A uh, friend of mine, full disclosure, um, she has, she's terrific. But what I didn't know, oh, Deb Matichka, by the way, um, with Global right now. Uh, we used to be with the Weather Network, but for most of the... Well, part of this conversation, she was the bureau uh, person for the score here in Alberta. And uh, and A-Channel before that did sports at A-Channel. Great story. But I didn't realize until we had this conversation, fairly high-level athlete, too. So we're going to get into that with Deb. This is this is a fun conversation. Deb's fun person. Um, halfway through, her battery dies in her computer. Um, so there's a little bit of uh, killing time. Well, you'll figure it out. Uh, by the way. Sport Calgary conducts research into sports issues in our city. Did you know that the gross municipal amateur sport product in Calgary is over $1.2 billion per year? Visit sportcalgary.ca to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, my friend and yours, Deb Matichka. I've already done the big glorious introduction and your background and everything like that. Now it's just us talking. Well, of course, you had 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, I had nothing but time. I had nothing but time. Um, are you okay? Are you good? Are you you handling this? Are you ready to ready for it to end? Where are you at on all of this? Yeah, I. you know what? I've uh, enjoyed this time. I did take some time off of work, so um, I really got to use that time to hang out with the kids and try the homeschooling, quote-unquote homeschooling. Um, That's a farce, and- isn't it? <laughs> With that? That's a farce, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, it really, it really is. Like, the, you know, if we can complete a solid hour, I feel victorious. Well, um, well in fairness, yeah. I feel the same way with my staff. Like, I refuse to do conference calls or Zoom calls for more or WebEx, whatever we do, for more yeah, than yeah. an hour, because then we're then people oh, are drifting off, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's such a strange, strange time, you know, but. Um, but I've, I've enjoyed that time for sure. Uh, realized my son is the best con artist around. The kid, you know, he can wheel and deal and get out of doing work in very creative ways. How old is so he? He's 11. Ah, okay. Yeah. Preteen. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, but no, that time was good. And, I, you know, I've kind of enjoyed it. I kind of like being out, you know, my, I have a 14 year old, so teaching her to drive, it's been the absolute best time because there's a, just a little bit of traffic. Um, I'm not one for lineups or anything like that. So I've avoided any, any sort of lineup. Um, and I've kind of liked it just being quiet, a little bit slower pace. Um, so, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay with the way things have gone, but yeah, I, I think the whole not being able to see people that's starting to wear on me, but otherwise everything else has been pretty good. So are you pro working from home when this is all over or has this, you know, kind of solved that problem and you'll never do it again? 
But no, I, I, you know what? Well, that's a tough one actually, because I used to work from home yeah. with the weather network yeah. and that actually started to get to me, but it's because my kids weren't home. There was nobody, there was no interaction unless I was out on an active shoot. Um, and keep in mind, I was a videographer for the last couple of years I was there. So I was by myself all the time and that really started to get to me. Um, you know, only having interaction with people a couple times per week. So, so that's a tough one. I think if I can still do the visits and, um, you know, and I still work with cameramen the odd time we meet up on shoots when we do have to go out. Uh, so mm, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards pro work at home. Oof. As long as it doesn't mean I have to completely social distance. You yeah, know, no, no, I, I get that part. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. it felt like a dream early on. This is the greatest thing in the whole world, but uh, I'm done with it. It's over. Oh, yeah. I went back into an office. No, no, this is ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, but I mean, it's it's kind of that general malaise. It's kind of that general, I think, pent up frustration that I think everybody's feeling. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, the huge downside is I think I've probably packed on about 20 solid pounds of uh, cookies and uh, baked goods. And like I've never. I don't think I've eaten this much since I was in high school and college and, but swimming, you know, doing four hour practices, two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon when you needed to consume calories just to survive. Now it's just, you know, plain old boredom or because the pantry's there, the fridge is close by. It's just a constant revolving door between my office and the kitchen. Well, and you know what? Deb, I'll go this far with you. I'm not sure that the food is any more, but it's the the steps. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just down the stairs into the office, up the stairs to the bed. Like, at least when you're working, you're in, you know, you're leaving your vehicle, you're yeah. going in the building, you go for a walk, you know, all that stuff. That's that's the part I miss. That's the, yeah. you really kind of have to force yourself. Get outside, you big dummy. I know, and it's so beautiful out, too, and yet. Yeah. It wasn't at the start, though. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. no. <laughs> that yeah, that was that was trying for sure. That was there was a lot of TV binge watching going on at the beginning for sure. A lot. What were you watching? What what, what was <laughs> what have you seen? What have you liked? <clears throat> uh there's been a few that I've watched and they kind of been all over the place. I didn't want anything too heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because with everything going on, there was already enough. So the one that I could not stop watching was Tiger King. Okay. I don't know. I'm kind of hesitant. I don't know why to mention that, but that one completely captivated me. I was just in awe. And the thing is I had to get everyone around me on it too. So even if I had watched an episode, I was like, you got to see this, you got to watch this. So I got tons of people on that. Um, I'm trying to think what else. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel okay. uh, has been a surprising one for me that I've enjoyed. Uh, I watched Animal Kingdom. Uh, I've watched a few documentaries that were a bit heavy, actually. Um, so I kind of moved away from those, like How to Make a Murder. or the, <laughs> what was the what? Making of a Murder? How to Make a Murder? I don't know. It was it was just, it was too much. I Freudulent slip there. <laughs> I was yeah. worried I'd be worried. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, everyone's yeah. safe at this point. <laughs> oh, no, good, good. Um, I'm trying to think what else. There, there's been a couple, but yeah, 
Yeah. Um, oh, my son and I, we watch, I don't know if it's appropriate for him because he's only 11, but we watch a lot of Lily Singh videos on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then I got into the old TikTok. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is TikTok, please? Well, I don't, I still don't really know okay. exactly what it is, but a lot of people post videos on there. And then it seems like a lot of other people pick up on those videos and mimic them themselves. And I think TikTok gives you that platform uh, to make that easy. So right. to do do the same video just in your own way, inserting yourself into it. So so are you posting or are you just going down the rabbit so hole? No. I, I just go down the rabbit hole quite often. I ha I did do one. I don't know if my daughter posted it. But I made my kids do it. I was trying to, <laughs> trying to get you know get them off the couch and you know connecting more. So I was like, hey, there's this great TikTok. Let's do it. It was this funny dancing one, um, and it took like it took me forever. And then of course me, I'm like, no, 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 no. We can do it better. We can do it better. <laughs> you know, so like 200 takes later, the kids are like, we hate you, and we're leaving now. <laughs> So yeah, we bonded really well over that. I, I the only thing I think I think I know about TikTok is that you're supposed to disappear and come back or change clothes or something like that. There seems to be yeah, yeah those are some of them. Okay, there's, there's some of them. There's and then of course you know you find a gem in there and then you know I share it with 300 other people you know yep uh, and then watch it multiple times. But there's there's just, there's everything. There's one I, I feel like it got taken down, but they've since done a second one. <laughs> It's a brother and sister duo, and the brother's wearing a shock collar, a dog shock collar, <laughs> and they go through a drive. It, you have to see it. I'll yeah, it. yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you. Oh, know? I appreciate that. No. Yeah, and she, uh, yeah, she's just shocking him at random moments during his drive-through ordering. And this and, is a video. And this is a video, and of course, like you know, it it's a, it shocks him, um, and I then uh, and then they reverse roles. I know, so he gets to shock her. So he gets to shock her, and it is, it's funny. His reactions, but her reactions behind the camera the first time through, listening to her laugh, like, it's it's a good one. Not to date myself, but you know that this is a direct ripoff of Cheers. Remember, they did this to Cliff Clavin. Did they? they? Yes. They were try, he was trying to change his behavior, and they put a chip in him, and then the, <laughs> the guy came into the bar, and every time he said something ignorant, they shocked him. Oh my gosh! I used to watch Cheers all the time. I don't remember that episode. Yes, I'll have, yes. I'll have to that's search. that's because I am old, Deb. That's because <laughs> I am old. I used to watch it all the time, all the time. <laughs> love Cheers. I love the fact like, that I love the fact that I cringed a bit when you said Tiger King, but that turned out not to be the most cringeworthy thing. Like, no, what, 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 wow! What, come on, a guy with a shock family shockings. Yeah, well, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, Tiger King was just on a whole different level of reality. Like, he lived, that guy lives in a world that I just do not comprehend and can't believe that it's real. Or, or do we live in a reality that nobody else can believe is real. <laughs> right. Yeah. He would argue that, I am sure. It was just, it was so bizarre. But this, this shocking one is. Well, that no, no. Now you got me definitely intrigued. I can tell you of all the podcasts we've done, and this is up close to number fifty now. That's never come up. <laughs> but you know what? It's it is it is it does make me think of this. Like when we did the first one, so like the third week of March, 
I was like, have you seen the marble racing? Oh, my God, the marble racing on Twitter. That's the next big thing. We're all going to be doing marble racing. When this whole thing ends, we're all going to be doing marble racing. Well, nobody does marble racing anymore. I, I can't can't say I've even seen that. <laughs> you didn't see that? Like, right when this thing, right when every, when all the sports stopped, we were all going, oh, my God, there's no sports. And then some guy put marble racing, and they just follow the colored marbles down, and we're like, oh, this is the greatest thing. And I thought, whoa, I better jump on this bandwagon. Invest all my money in marble racing. Uh, it's, it's gone away, right? It's gone to the dark web now. It has gone and to the dark web. People uh, gambling. Uh, uh, because it is because it is a sports based podcast, and because we're talking about popular culture right now, I will ask: Did you watch the Last Dance? I have started. Actually, yeah, I can't believe we didn't mention that. Yeah, I have. Uh, I've started to watch it. I have not got through it all. But I've started to um, watch it, and I am just in. So first of all, I've never covered NBA. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. I thought I, I've never yeah. been in a market where we had where there's been a team. Actually, well, I was in Vancouver, but I don't think the Grizzlies were there uh, at that point. Okay, uh, and then of course that was short lived. So um, I yeah, so I didn't follow it all that closely. And so, you know, I think some of the things, probably not to those who love basketball or, or follow basketball at all, but I didn't realize how undervalued Scottie Pippen was. Mm. Uh, that that shocked me. Um, uh, that really shocked me, yeah. You know what? You're right. I always remember in those times that Scottie Pippen was, you know, a really good Robin to his Batman. Like, he was a right. very good player and would have been a very good player. No idea he was, like, what, 121st highest paid yeah, player in he, the NBA and stuff like that. He's on the team. But, but, yet, but how much of that do you think, Deb, was from the fact that we consume sports differently now? That was the one thing. I, I watched that team. I remember watching some of those playoff games. Yeah. But we didn't, yeah. we didn't live every day with that team right yeah and and the way that they've been able to bring out um footage the the the, the forethought to film all that stuff is incredible right and then it just sits there for what 20 plus years and nobody sees it till now yeah it's incredible it really is and um yeah you know i think about it and and the thing is that they, they talked about it at the time so much how he was undervalued and the fact that nothing ever came of it yeah. You know, it, it, it had no, no impact. And, you know, we see, you know, well, we see how much sport has changed since then too, in terms yeah. of salaries and contracts and, um, and all that, but yeah, it's just, it still just blows my mind. So yeah. I haven't, but like I said, I haven't got through it all. So well, I don't want to give away the ending. <laughs> I don't want to give away um, the ending. They, but yeah, I did. I did finally start, um, watching it recently. Yeah. It, so, it, that one and the other one that I have just started, um, since we're talking about this stuff, is mm-hmm. uh, Sunderland Till I Die. Never, oh. never thought in a million. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, never thought in a million years I would care. Give it. It is the most. Uh, I have never. It's been a long time since a, a TV show has captured my imagination again because it's a world that we kind of live in. Didn't yeah. realize how close it was to the world that you and I covered for so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of parallels there, but the access again, just this incredible access. So, um, that yeah. would be my suggestion too. If, if this thing continues, you might want to sink your teeth into that one. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll check it out. I've actually, my TV consumption has gone 
considerably down. That okay, thank you because yeah. that's how I've been thinking about it. It's like at night I was so yeah. used to turning the TV on, but I was turning the TV on to watch a game, right? right. Or I was turning it on to see the highlights or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You miss yeah. that component, right? Yeah, it's different. And you know, when you talk about working remotely, going back to the start of that, yeah. the thing I definitely miss most about being in the sports world was the camaraderie we all had working at the dome. Cause that's what, you know, most of us that were either on a beat or with a network, that's what you did. Yep. Right. It's yep. a little bit different than local TV where you're covering so many different sports, but for those of us at the networks and, and on the beat and with the radio, with the partnerships and everything, like you were at the dome every day. And even though you came from different outlets, there was such a great camaraderie amongst everyone. And while everyone was still, uh, in that phase of competing, of get, you know, getting the inside scoop in that, there was still such, um, I think, wonderful respect amongst everyone, um, and there were some great friendships that were made, and um, you know, and that still persist obviously today. Sure. That's that's definitely what I miss. But I'm in a different world, right? So that's why when I say you know, working from home hasn't been so bad for me, but had I still been working in that world that's what i would miss because that's what i still miss to this day well i mean because you cover you cover community you your community beat for for global it's not like you guys go to a bunch of community events and hold each other's microphones and 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 i don't mean that derogatory but that's what we used to do right that's what we used to do yeah you know even so i did have the opportunity um when lisa mcgregor uh left and headed back to edmonton i I was covering these Um, and so, you know, when we would have to send a camera because I wasn't able to go down to the dome for Hitman or Flames, uh, you know, I always just said, well, just ask so-and-so or just ask so-and-so, yep. you know, yep. so-and-so, you know, will likely help you out. Or I would, you know, like text Ryan Vardy and say, hey, you know, I've got a guy coming down. Do you mind, you know? <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> yeah. So, but that's the type of things that, you know, that that um, environment certainly breeded. It was just a... Uh, a very supportive, uh, supporting type of environment, and and everybody was pretty good to each other. So what is really cool about that, Deb, is that mm-hmm. I've had Jermaine Franklin on this podcast, I've had Glenn yeah. Campbell on this podcast, yeah. and now you, and yeah. they have all, and I, every time, will say the exact same thing. I agree, I agree, I agree. I don't think, if I had to live those mill moments again, I think I would have, you know, there was a couple of people in that scenario <laughs> That would every once in a while, why are we waiting? You know, why do we enjoy it? Because yeah. it was, yeah, we, we had a good time there. Like, you we think did. about when you got here and I got here, yeah. um, CBC, City TV, Global, CTV all had full time functioning sports staffs. Mm-hmm. You were the score, TSN, yep. Sportsnet, plus yep. radio, plus newspaper, two newspapers. Mm-hmm. It was a community. Like it was it was a gro- going concern. It was, you know, it was yeah. it was something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was I mean, you know, just great times. Loved being in the press box. Um, you know, we had our own rituals too. Yeah. You know, and it was very um yeah, it was just different and you know, when I think back to um being an athlete throughout high school and throughout university, your lifestyle is different. It's very different. It's not just, you know, going to school, 
doing your, your homework, um, doing your assignments, that sort of thing. You've also got to balance it with training and with travel and, um, you know, and, and, and things happen differently for you because you've got these other things going on. And so transitioning into that in a work environment, it was, it was very different. You're not the nine to five sitting behind a desk. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, it, people are coming and going and even reporters from other markets that traveled with the teams that would come in regularly, you get to know them as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was very, it was very different and it very much, you know, uh, related back to my experiences as an athlete too. And, uh, you know, I love that connection, of course, and I love being part of the team. And even though I was part of the score team, I still felt like I was part of this Calgary team of reporters right. here as well. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned it a couple of times. You were a competitive swimmer, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you did or did you play other sports growing up or? Oh, hell no. It was <laughs> so, <laughs> this is, this is why I didn't put my children in swimming. <laughs> I don't know how my parents did it, but from the time, I think by the time I was 10 and I was competing at the provincial level, um, that's when practices really started to get intense. So I know at the height of my training, it was typically two hours in the morning before school, mm-hmm. two hours after school, um, two to three hours on the weekends. So it's, it's a lot, it's like a part-time job and you're doing it before and after school. And, uh, you know, you're getting up at five o'clock in the morning to make it for six o'clock practice. And then, you know, rushing out of there to get to school for 8, 30, 9 o'clock, whatever it was. Um, so it was pretty intense. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I don't even know what the original question was now. No, but the well, original question was, did you grow, yeah. were you a soccer player or anything? No, oh, you, so you. There was no time. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. When I was in um, high school, I think the last, actually probably, I think all through junior high and high school, I ran cross country okay. because it was good cross training. And because I had that great conditioning from swimming alone, I didn't have to make, you know, practices weren't always mandatory for me and um, I could still make competitions. Um, and so I did that. I ran on the cross country team, but that was a very small season. And then because, you know, as high school is going along and there were times I felt I was missing out on things and I did want to try other things. So my grade 12 year, I played on the field hockey team. (laughs) And pretty disastrous. It was eh? all right. Oh yeah. There was no skill. There was no skill. And then when I went to university the next year, I played on the university's uh, practice squad. So it was essentially just a group of girls who knew how to play field hockey to help out the main squad. Yep. So they scrimmage. And I almost took out a girl with my stick one time because I just wasn't that skilled. And so that didn't last very long. Tough transition to go from being an, uh, as, you know, an individual sport athlete to, to team competition. Yeah. You know what? It's really, it's, it's interesting because I did spend time at the university of Arkansas as well. Mm-hmm. And that is the first time actually, I mean, our, our, field hockey team that was just like I wasn't serious about it I wasn't you know I I went and I had fun and a bunch of my close friends actually played as well so that you know you don't really get the sense of of that team atmosphere I guess but when I did go to the University of Arkansas even though I was still swimming um, the team atmosphere with U.S. college sports was much different 
than the experience I had with Canadian university team sport. Mm -hmm. A lot of it had to do with the fact that we were always in dual meets or tri meets. And so your individual performance was added to the collective team score. And so I always had a sense, I never felt pressure as an individual. I always put so much pressure on myself. Right. But all of a sudden when I was in this more of a team atmosphere, um, you know, you, it's almost like you're doing it for the team. So I took that pressure off myself and my approach and my mental approach to um, my events was much different because you just, you want to perform well for the for the team and sure. you want to help and you you've got this you know you've got all these people around you that are supporting you and that um you know it was just it was such a great environment in that sense um so i was fortunate i think to to feel that and to, and to get that um experience and then you know i was talking to um oh am i gonna say his name around junio gilmore yep Gil- yep yeah um and denny morrison yep and they were talking about how much the Canadian national speed skating team, how much of a team atmosphere that actually is, even though they're competing individually. And they just talked about some of the things, um, you know, even though some of them were in direct competition with one another, the way they would lift each other and um, push each other and push each other to be better in a positive way. So it wasn't, there was an intimidation, which you get a lot in individual sports, right? Cause you're trying to, psych out your opponent in that way because you're going kind of head to head with them. Right. But so there wasn't anything like that. And then of course, when it came down to the Olympics and Junio gave up his spot for Denny, it was for the team. Yep. And, you know, so that related, you related to that. You could, that resonated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, prior, prior to going to the States, it was, it was a little bit tougher for me too, even though we had a great team and, you know, we were all great. You still always, I always thought just, Sure. I just had that individual focus, yeah. um, but that started to shift. And so I love it now because my kids play team sports. And so for me, I can, you know, I can relate a bit better than had I not been able to um, previously, I guess. Okay. So where did you grow up? Winnipeg. Winnipeg. So Winnipeg. when, when did you begin to get recruited? <laughs> that was funny. So I had no clue what to do in terms of recruiting. I had a couple friends on my team um, and one of my good friends from high school who um, had sent out, you know, um, I, I wouldn't say it was a demo, but they had connected with schools and whatnot and, and uh, secured scholarships. But I just, I didn't really know how to go about it and my parents didn't really know. And I'm not sure at that point how serious I was. So my first year of university, I just went to the University of Manitoba. Okay. I just did that, you know, logical, easy, straightforward step. But what happened that first year is that we were hosting, Winnipeg was hosting the Canadian National Championships, uh, which I was competing in. And Did that have anything to do with going to Manitoba? I mean, was that exciting for you? Or did that Was that part of why you went there? To the University of Manitoba? Yeah. Because they were going to host that? Did you? No. No? Okay. Just no. a coincidence. No, just, yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. it was just, you know, yeah, it just so happened that year that they were. And so one of my friends from my club team, her brother had actually um, gone to the University of Arkansas on a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And so when we were hosting nationals in Winnipeg, him and his coach, his Canadian coach, they had uh, 
I believe we had four coaches on that team, two from England, one from Canada. And, and anyway, so him and his coach came down. He was going to compete, and his coach was kind of loosely doing a recruiting trip. Sure. And so, you know, his, his dad was sitting with his coach in the stands, and I just happened to have a great swim. And he's like, hey, look, you know, check her out. And so they recruited me then and there. Wow. Yeah. So it was kind of, you know. Deb, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe this is the first athlete conversation I've ever had that involved the NCAA with an athlete leaving CIS, now U-Sport, and going to the NCAA. I've I've done plenty of, we went to the NCAA and I came back. I don't think I've ever done one where, hey, I started here and then went there. I've never, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, well, just to just to back you up and to date myself even more, it was CIAU when I was. Oh, CIAU, <laughs> even better. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, right? Perfect. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Well, you know what's funny though? So because then on my recruiting trip, yeah, because they figured, oh, she's already in university, so I. Um, I can't even, I, I believe I still stayed on campus, but they assigned two seniors to take me out. And so my recruiting trip was a little bit, I think, different than. Than a high school kids. Sure. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that was fun. <laughs> and then, uh, and then when I got to, um, got to the University of Arkansas, my roommate had actually been through a year of university as well. But she had come out of the University of Hawaii. Oh, okay. Uh, and I don't like Arkansas was not known for its academics. They've got some great sport teams, but not known for the. It's not academics. one of those party schools, is it? Uh, it could be. It could be. <laughs> I just know, uh, or I, I'm pretty sure she had um, hadn't met the requirements. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, her GPA. A little more level. forgiving in Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. we ended up together. As roommates. Oh, wow. Which was kind of funny. Yeah. So, what was, how would you describe the competition? Was it a step up from what you were used to? I mean, you mentioned that it was more of a team, but. You know what? It's just in Canada, we, we definitely have the talent and we definitely have the talent at the university level as well. It's just a smaller pool, right? So. No pun you know, intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just a smaller pool of talent um, that we have to draw from. You know, like the States is ridiculous. It's it's so big and there's so many uh, different opportunities for athletes there uh, in terms of scholarships and schools you can go to. And, um, you know, there's junior colleges, there's there's everything. Right. So it's, it's just a little different. Um, but definitely we have some of the talent and and there's lots of Canadians that, that go there, too. So you do lose some of your top talent yeah. um, to the States as well at that university level. So, um, but, you know, and then the proximity, too, um, with the competition. There's just it, there's so many schools that are just that much closer sure. um, that you can compete with. And that's why we had these constant uh, dual meets and try meets and. Um, yeah, so and it, we were in a pretty good conference too. So some of the competition was just ridiculous. Right. Yeah. As an athlete, do you feel like you you were better trained? Your eyes opened anything? Did, did, did it impact you any way that way? That it well, that it, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have gotten north of the border. Money wise, there's there's definitely more, right? Like yeah. you're you're pretty well supported, and 
when you are on, um, at least at, at our school, your first year, even though it was my second year of university, um, you know, you're required to live on campus. And mm -hmm. when you're an athlete, um, you're in an athlete storm. So you're surrounded by like-minded people. You had, um, well, we had mandatory study hall um, that you had to report to, to ensure that your grades um, stayed up, right? And then of course they, they awarded you too. Um, you know, there were different awards that you could achieve like all American, which was based on, you know, your academic performance. So um, it, it's different that way. There, the money situation is very different in the States. And so the resources of course, are different and they had you know some incredible facilities there as well but in terms of the the coaching and um you know what we were doing i think it was on par with with what we have here okay. um, just that when you have access to those resources and when you know that's that's all there is it's it's a little bit different right like we hear lots about how athletes here do struggle um quite a bit oh yeah you know, yeah yeah, yeah being able to train as much as they do. But when you're an athlete on scholarship, things are, are tailored around that, right? To help you succeed right. both in school and in your sport. So are you on swim Canada's radar at any point? No, no. Okay. I, I think the best I ever finished nationally was fourth. I didn't even medal. <laughs> so, well, that's not bad. I mean, don't, don't dismiss it. <laughs> no, no. I just, you know, I think, and even by the time I got to university, I was kind of, you know, Oh, am I doing this? I don't know if I want to do this. And so it was, um, it was more just enjoying the experience. I think by that point, as opposed to, gotcha. okay, I'm making that push for the Olympics. Okay. Um, but having said that, one of my teammates from the university of Manitoba, um, she made the Olympics, right? Um, which was, you know, amazing to see. So, so it's not, it wasn't that far away, really. For uh, me, you know, it, it would have taken a lot more commitment on my part okay. for sure okay. to, to make any sort of realistic push. Yeah. Commit, commit, and, and I ask this with respect, commitment or talent? Uh, I want to say more commitment. Okay. Fair I enough. feel that that's what it is because I, you know, when I started, I was hopeless. Like I used to sit at the end of the, on the deck, just shivering. Right. Yeah. 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 I would just swim a bit and then shiver. And then at some point, you know, the, the tables kind of turned and all of a sudden, you know, things started to happen really fast. Um, you know, and, and they were going really well. And, uh, definitely as a younger swimmer, my rankings were much higher. Um, but then, you know, I, I don't know, somewhere along the way, I think it was more um, losing, I don't know if I could say losing that focus, but not understanding that it's not just showing up for practice. I never missed a practice. I was always there, but it's the effort you're putting in and that um, focusing on that goal and what that is. Right. And so I loosely had, well, yeah, I would like to do this. I'd like to do that. But I never actually ha sat down or sat down with a coach and said, well, okay, well, if this is where you want to be, this is what I need to see from you as we go. You know, I, of course, I understand that much more now. And I try sure. to convey that to my kids that just showing up for practice is not going to make you better. You will improve because you are putting in work, but it's all the little extra things that you have to do while you're at practice and while you're outside of practice. And I never really had anybody explain that to me and I never really understood that 
And so I think that's where, you know, the interest in the drive just sort of waned as I went on, but I still loved it. I still, I still loved that life of an athlete. I still loved going, um, you know, being, being part of that team, being part of something, what I always felt was special. Um, but I think that other component was missing. And, and so that was more, yeah, on the work side than the talent side. So how did it play out? Did you graduate then from Arkansas? No, I ended up coming back. Okay. And I took, I took time off swimming. I didn't swim. Uh, I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do at that point in my life. Um, but I did eventually go back. I finished out my swimming career. I pushed through my degree. Yeah. Um, because at that point, then I started to realize what I wanted to do, which was get into journalism. Gotcha. Um, but didn't want to, um, in, in Winnipeg anyway, the only other option I had was um, Red River College, where I eventually went. But I was so far, you know, I'd done so much towards my degree already. I didn't want to just leave it. So I finished that. I finished out my swimming career there and then went on to the uh, creative communications program at Red River, completed that, and then left town. So, so I want to know, I, I now I have a couple of swimming questions because you're the first sure. swimmer that I've ever had a real conversation. <laughs> so yeah. how do you, pro, like, you play hockey and then you retire. You can play beer hockey. You can play beer league. Yeah. What what does a swimmer oh. do? Do you? Oh, you can still swim. No, no, I understand that. But yeah. okay, so no, no, there are no like you can still swim and. Oh, okay, swim. okay. And this is, and I'm just laughing because one of the things I always like I hated was that first jump into the pool, mm-hmm. especially during winter, right? Like yep. that's all I remember is diving in, and I hated it because I was always freaking cold. And it would take so long before my muscles finally relaxed and adapted to the temperature. Um, so when I was done, I was done. And so getting into a pool just held no appeal to me. And I just sort of left it for many, many years. But one of my good friends from university, she moved to Calgary. And she had, she had continued swimming from the time university ended till, you know, the day she moved here to Calgary. And so she joined a master's you know, and she was telling me about it. I said, you know, yeah, I would like to get in better shape and okay. Yeah, sure. I'll come out. Right. And so you have people that are anywhere from, you know, mid twenties to their probably seventies at least Mm -hmm. I would say, okay, you've got this wide range. And I just thought, you know what, that would be fun. And she said, yeah. And nationals, you don't have to qualify. You just register. (laughs) You can go. And it was in, um, Kelowna that year, I believe. Kelowna or Kamloops, but anyway, and so I thought, you know what, that would be so much fun. I don't want to compete, but I would love to go and just that one, that one competition, that's it. And since I can just go, we'll make a vacation, blah, 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 whatever. It'll be fun. So my first practice, and this was so funny because I'm thinking, you know, I'll just go, I'll see how it is, see how far I can make it. So I get in, I kind of had a goal in mind of how far I wanted to swim. And once I hit that goal, I stopped. <laughs> I just said, I'm going to go sit in the hot tub now. And I'll wait for you till practice is done. <laughs> so I got out. I chilled. I didn't care because I didn't have to do it. I was there because I wanted to. And so every practice after that, I, I think I trained maybe, I don't know, two or three times a week. And they, this is where things started to get to me because they had the fast lane. Then they had the not so fast lane. Then they had the slow lane. And so... For me, I was just there recreationally, 
So I went in the slow lane and then the slow lane was a bit too slow. So I went in the not so fast. There's no way I was going in the fast lane. <laughs> and all these things start coming back because the more, the you know, the faster lane you become part of, the more competitive the swimmers are. Right. I'm like, oh, so one lady actually reprimanded me and told me, you're too fast for this lane. You need to go in the other lane. you got to go push yourself. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> that's not happening. No, sorry, I'm staying here. This is the pace I like, and this is what I'm going to do. I don't need to push myself. So I did the one, I did do the meet. I did do nationals. It was fabulous. There were some people from like decades previous that I used to swim against or would see around the pool, um, some national team members even from back in the day. And I did, I was happy with what I did. Perfect. I was happy with my times. And then that was it. <laughs> okay. That was it. One season. That's but, all. But you did it. <clears throat> but, but you I did, did it. it. Yeah. 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 So, so long answer to your. No, no. It's a fabulous you answer. You can. Yes. There, there, there's teams. There's, it's, yeah, it's still full swing. Yeah. So two more on this topic and then we'll move on. Um, okay. One, what's it like when you're training every day? And you're in the pool every day, and you're pushing yourself, but then you just go to a hotel pool. Like, is it is it is it hard? Is it like um, it's kidney shaped? The pool's not supposed to be kidney shaped. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Um, I don't go in. Honestly, I don't. I really? Just don't, yeah, yeah. I don't swim just for fun, typically. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll go. You know, the kids bug me, but. I don't know. There was some sort of mental block or something. I'd be like, ugh, no, I don't want to. Because the only part of a hotel pool is that cold first jump in. Yeah. And what am I going to do to warm up for the next, you know, 20 minutes that it's going to take before I feel comfortable? So normally I would just, you know, just watch from the side. Well, yeah. that's, I wanted to ask that question. And now yeah. you've, you've said it twice. So you, you, you have kind of indicated that getting in that first time, especially in the winter, that's hard. Yeah. Um, to me, the absolute worst feel, I would rather have a broken leg than put on a wet bathing suit. When you're, when you are yeah. doing mornings and then afternoons and then weekends, Sucks. it does, doesn't it? Yeah, we would just, um, we had lockers that we would keep and we would hang our suits there and, and hope that, you know, hope. They, they horrible by the time we got back. Yeah. And then, you know, they always had the dryers that you could mm -hmm. use, but you never had time for that. So yeah, that, that sucked. It, and then it like, it sticks to you. And when we would train, um, often you would wear multiple bathing suits for the extra drag and sometimes because your bathing suits were falling apart and you, you needed it for, Oh, you, you mean know. at the same time you'd be wearing multiple. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah you'd wear multiple suits at one time, either for the drag or because your suits were worn out and they were see-through. So you had to layer them up. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Well, okay. I don't feel so bad then. Cause I always thought that was the worst, nothing worse, no worse feeling. Hey? Yeah, you know, we would like we were so ecstatic when we go to a, a competition and they would have I don't know if you've seen them because I have seen them at Wise and stuff, but it's a it's like a spinner. Yeah, okay. Like, it's not a dryer, but it spins the suit and sort of, you know, wicks away all the the right, water. So right. those were exciting because <laughs> even though they wouldn't completely dry your suit, they'd get it, you know, close. It's always it, yeah. It's always the little things in life, right? 
it's always a little exactly. crazy. <laughs> uh, just a reminder, Sport Calgary acts as a resource for sports organizations with a ton of information available on sportcalgary.ca. Learn about community and coaching resources, research, jobs, and, of course, the latest in Calgary sport. So you're going to Red River College to take yeah. journalism? Well, it was called Creative Communications. Okay. So we did... Um, Public relations, advertising, and journalism. Yeah. But but you you wanted to come out of that and get into yes sports journalism or journalism or did you have you made up no. your mind? I wanted to be a crime reporter. Okay. I uh, I just had this fascination with true crime, which is really odd because my oldest now is loves true crime right um but i stopped watching it long ago anyway i um that was sort of my intent i wanted to be somewhat of a investigative reporter and i was going to be a print journalist um but what happened it was a really interesting chain of events so at the end of my first year my journalism project um was to interview and write an article on a notable notable winnipegger so i wanted to interview david milgard yeah oh, oh. <laughs> Wow, why not? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but at the time, um, it wasn't possible. And so my um, instructor suggested interviewing his lawyers. So I interviewed the junior lawyer on the case at the time, which was one of the Aspers. Oh, okay. Owned yeah. global television at the time. Right. So I went and interviewed him and we got chatting and he asked about internships and if I had one for the summer and I was like, no, we do internships next year during our school year. He says, well, if I can find you a couple of internships, would you be interested? Of course. So he set me up with an internship in uh, Vancouver at Global Vancouver. So at that time, my exposure to television had been very limited. But after that internship, I was kind of hooked. Okay. I was hooked on the process yep. um, because I, you know, I shadowed everyone there from reporters to cameramen to editors, uh, everyone. And so I kind of, I, I definitely got hooked. Uh, and so I came back and I thought, okay, this is what I want to do. Then I did an internship at TSN my second year um, and really enjoyed that. But of course, coming out of college, jobs are few and know, far between. Right. Exactly. Yep. So, um, I always had it in the back of my mind that, you know, sports would be great. And I always kept in touch uh, with a fellow at TSN. And my first job, though, was in news. I applied for the sports job. Okay. Um, I'd been working there for, this was in Brandon at CKX. Okay. Um, and Who would have been at Brandon? Anybody in Brandon we would have known? Yes. <laughs> um Everyone knows him as Boomer. But <laughs> at the time, he was Dean Mulberg. Yeah. Um, and it was so, you know, it was so funny. Those that sports department, they were a couple of really good guys. And uh, I joined their hockey pool the first year, and I don't even know how I did because I ended up leaving. <laughs> but, he probably owes you money. I, I think so. You know, I, I should follow through on that. Um, but yeah, I was there and I applied for the sports job. And the what was so funny about it, we were all new. Like for. I think pretty much everyone there, that was all their first job. But the response I got back was, well, you don't have enough experience. So For Brandon? Yeah, right? <laughs> so I, um, yeah, I just said, sorry, I'm going to be moving a bit here because my computer's dying apparently and my children have stolen the... The power cord? The power cord. That sounds um, about right. 
Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I ended up leaving and I wasn't until, but sports was always there. Hold on one sec. No problem. Do you have my power cord back? Hold on a sec. Let me try child number two. You guys aren't sleeping. Where's my, I need my cord for my computer. Okay. All right. Okay. We're going to be back in business here pretty quick. Hopefully it's all, it's all good. I'm trying to recall this, how this all happened. Um, so I didn't get, I applied for the job because definitely sports, it, it seemed like a, you know, dream job. Obviously. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was like, Oh, it's something I would love to do, but you know, realistically, when am I going to get the opportunity? So I did apply. I didn't get it. And then, um, I also at the time, applied for another job at the station because I was only part-time. So I applied for a full-time position that had come open simultaneously and I didn't get that one. So I was pretty mad. And at the time I'd also, I'd been applying elsewhere. Right. Yep. And I'd had a job offer from, um, CT, the CTV affiliate in Prince Albert, which I wasn't too keen on going to Prince Albert, you know? So, um, in very dramatic fashion, when I didn't get the sports job or the news job, I literally quit on the spot and walked out. Whoa. <laughs> left the station. We, we've all had that dream. <laughs> we've all had that dream. Uh, but, I, you know, the only reason I did it is because I knew there was another job if... If it fell through. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, so I took the job in Prince Albert because what else was I going to do? Uh, and it turned out to be the best decision ever because um, things went really well in Prince Albert. I ended up um, staying there just a short time, then going to Saskatoon. And while I was in Saskatoon, there was a provincial election. And so the crew from Regina um, had come up to Saskatoon to do the show. So we were working collectively as a team. Yep. And we went out for dinner one night, big group of us. And the news director from Regina said, yeah, you know, we're having trouble finding uh, someone to fill in for late night and weekend sports because uh, they had to be a videographer, mm-hmm. they had to be able to anchor, uh, they had to be able to produce, and of course, no sports. And so they just said, yeah, you know, it's, it's been tough. And so um, at the end of dinner, I just approached him and I said, hey, like, you know, I'd like to apply. Um, and so I did, I went down for an audition and it just so happened when I was in PA, I was a videographer when I came. Oh, to you South were. Okay. So you had experience. Was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was, I had left. Okay. So when I left, Brandon was regular reporting. When I went to PA, it was for videography. When I went to Saskatoon, they were training me on the desk. Um, so I had all these different skills that they were looking for and I knew sports. So I went down and I auditioned and it went well enough and so I got the job hmm. um, and it was a great, it was a great start. My sports director there, there were just two of us in the department was one of the hardest working men in sports uh, person in sports. Like he was just, he was a machine. Right. And he did sh- all the shooting and everything as well. We had, we were lucky enough to have cameramen to shoot uh, the warriors and the Pats games. Thank God. Yep. Um, but otherwise, you know, we were doing everything on our, on our own. So it was a great experience, you know, and he was, he was wonderful. He held me to the same standard and expected 
um, you know, the same work ethic and everything he was doing, he also expected from me, but he was a good, um, teacher as well. Right. You know, it wasn't like just do this. It was, you know, along the way, okay, this is how we do it. Every single script was vetted before it went to air. Um, you know, he was, he was just good. It was a really great learning ground. And then of course the audience in, well, all of Saskatchewan, like they're just, they're crazy about their sports yeah. and they will hold you accountable yes. for anything and everything. And so, um, you know, there wasn't a show that went by where somebody didn't call in about something, mm-hmm. but good and bad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't like, it wasn't a bad experience uh, you get, oh my gosh, I had one guy call in and the profanity, you know, it was like, it was non Stop, but then you have somebody call in and, and, you know, they compliment you. And then you have the passive aggressive ones. Oh, I love that you put so much curling on, but we could always use more. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was good. It was, it was probably the best place to, to start. And then right from there, I came to Calgary. And then there was Calgary. That's not entirely accurate. You were in Saskatoon, but it is entirely accurate, but you, the score, if I remember correctly, the score was kind of going through that transformation because when they came on originally, they were just slates, highlights. right? Yep. They Before they were highlights, they were just yeah. slates. They were just scores that came up. And then the highlights got added, right? Yeah. So uh, you were really kind of truly from a that standpoint, you were doing something new for them and innovative, right? Um. Well, they had, when I came on, they already had uh, reporters out because that's, okay. that's again how that connection came about so what year is this uh so by the time i got to calgary so okay so what happened was i came to calgary uh i think it was late 99 maybe or 2000 okay i think it was 2000 i got to calgary but i was with a channel i was doing oh i apologize that's right yeah i forgot about that part yeah Oh my gosh, I don't even know how long I was there. 18 months, maybe? Okay. wasn't a whole long. But then what happened and is... And they just they just launched, right? Or fairly... Uh, no, prior to, prior to City launching, that I was with them. But a, So how long had A-Channel been around? Oh, A-Channel had been around for... Oh, you're, okay, I, yeah. Uh, a couple of years, I yeah. think. Yeah, so it's fairly not, new. Not very long, you're yeah, right. Yeah, That's fairly right. new, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. that was back in like... Uh, Gosh, Kurt Studley and Tara McCool and yep. trying to think um, who else was there. But anyhow, I um, yeah, I so when I left A Channel, I actually went to Vancouver and I okay. worked in Vancouver um, at what was turning over to become their city. Yes. Okay. So I went and did sports out there with uh, Dan O'Toole from yep. TSN. Yep. Him and I were the first sports hires out there. Uh, but I was only there two months because then at that point, the score right. was starting okay. to create the bureau positions. Right. Um, and so before I had left Calgary, um, James Sapolsky always would come to town, right, yep. to, to cover Flames, Stampeders, whatever. Um, and so he would always use the facilities at A-Channel. So that's how I got to know him. And then just before I left for Vancouver, he said, yeah, I think we're thinking of, uh, you know, putting a reporter out here and blah, blah, blah. And so anyway, so I said, well, you know, I don't really want to leave Calgary. 
Um, but I did. I left for a couple months and then came back for the score position. So when I got to the score, they were already doing the highlights. They already had a couple of different shows going on. Okay. Um, but now they were starting to add the full-time reporters. Right. Uh, across the country, yeah. So did you enjoy the, like, bureau work is different than anchoring, right? And and or, is, or yeah. even different than local, I guess. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and that's where you want it. You were climbing that particular ladder or I was, you know what? I think I was very happy there. Um, I, I did, you know, when I did the anchoring recently, I had forgotten how much I enjoyed it because mm-hmm. I had anchored since my Vancouver days. So I had really forgotten about that. But I think what I like about um, the bureau position and the reporting position is that you're actually out there, yeah. right? Like you're, you're in the mix of things. You're talking to people, you're doing interviews. Um, and you know, when you're anchoring, you're not always at liberty to leave the station. Um, you know, sometimes you are, but not all the time. So, right. um, I really, really enjoyed that, um, doing that and being out. So, and in terms of goals, I think my goal at that point in my life, I had just met my husband as well. Yep. And so I think at that point it was just like, you know, I just want to settle down somewhere and start focusing on that part of my life. Wait, I, uh, he was Olympic athlete too, correct? So he was, yeah, or at he that went, he went, he became one. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, no, he had, what, what year was Sydney? 2000? 2000. He went to the Sydney Olympics. He did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, so I think that was just before him and I okay. um, had met and he went as, uh, he was on the national team, but he had come in at the Olympic trials. He had placed second to Daniel Agali, who right. of course went on to win gold that year. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, did you meet him on an assignment or? No. <laughs> okay. No. So you don't no. have a video that you show the kids or anything. This is how mommy met daddy. <laughs> no, I have told them since how we met. Oh, okay. But it, it was, uh, he was at, he was at a competition at a tournament in Vancouver and I was visiting my girlfriends in Vancouver. So, so you're we both were, from Calgary, but you met in Vancouver. In yeah. <laughs> okay. That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Okay. That was kind of funny. Yes. So what yeah. was, when you started with the score here in Calgary is the, you know, in the bureau for them, what was the mandate? Were you doing, you know, cause it was different back then. That's, you know, two decades ago, but what was the mandate? Well, at that point they didn't have anybody in Edmonton. So the mandate was uh, to cover, you know, the big, big events, big sporting events in both cities, okay. um, a, a primary, primarily focused on hockey Yeah. Okay. was, was the big one. So, um, and I had actually, at the time, they didn't know whether or not the Bureau was going to be in Edmonton or Calgary. They were leaning towards Edmonton because it was the capital and yep. whatnot. And I convinced them to put it in Calgary. <laughs> Well, you know, we had, we had so many Olympic teams here. And I think at that point too, they weren't too sure exactly how things were going to roll out. And so, um, so I made a strong argument to position the Bureau here in Calgary, which they did, thank goodness. And it was great. Um, And they, um, and then, yeah, so the mandate was to cover those big stories, but there was always that main drive for hockey because that, you know, that's where you get the most viewerships, but um, also, anything else big that was happening um if it didn't interfere essentially you could go do it so that was it and that um i have a funny story about my first trip to edmonton Mm. so they don't 
nobody there knows in Toronto. Nobody there has any clue about Alberta, uh, about Edmonton, about Calgary, you know, whatever. So they're looking for to set up my hotel. And my news director at the time, he calls me. He's like, yeah, I found this great hotel. It's right across from the rink. And uh, <laughs> it's a great corporate rate. It's only $60 a night. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you they know where didn't. they right? Oh, the fireside, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't even know what it was called. All I know is that I mentioned the name to somebody. And they're like, I think they have strippers there. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh. So I that's where I went. And it it was as bad as you might. Oh think. no! It was yeah, no, no. It was yeah. terrible. The only thing it had going for it was across the street. That's it. Right. Literally yeah, across that, the street. That, that is it. Yes. Yeah. The, there wasn't. I think there might have been a gas station on the corner, but that was about you know. I don't even know. I I it it was not pleasant. Not a great part of town. No, not a great no, part of town. No. I did my own bookings after that. Yeah, that that would make sense. That would make sense. Um, so let me ask you this: You came. Um, in a time Lisa Bowes would have been here, Sherry Ford would have been coming through. You would not have been the. Lisa was still in Toronto. Was she? Yep. Okay. Uh, wasn't here yet. Um, or was she with the score at that point? But in Toronto. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't. Um, but but you weren't. You weren't the first female sports reporter in no. Calgary, were you? No, no, no. Okay. No. Okay. Um, at that time, Sherry was here. Um, Tammy Christopher, locally. Tammy, yep, yep. Um, well, Deb Ellickson, right? Uh, writing, of course. Um, what I was thinking more of, I was thinking more of the kind of the front-facing television, because I think we had kind of broken that barrier, right. hadn't we? Or were you still? Were you? No, st- Sherry, Sherry for sure was here, and Tammy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, yeah, I'm not sure who else locally. There were definitely on the national scene, but locally. Uh, those ladies were here ahead of me. Were you were you feeling any of that, you know, breaking the glass ceiling stuff that, you know, um, th- that they would have gone through or would have been in that era, right? Yeah. You know what? I um, I don't know. I always had a, a different experience, I think, than most. Sorry, one second. No problem. I, I definitely looked to them for... Um, for guidance and, and, you know, and some advice and some help and, um, Sherry in particular, I didn't see Tammy that often, but Sherry in particular, um, was always very good to me and always, um, very helpful. Um, I I don't know that I ever felt like I was doing that, but I was always, I was certainly conscious that I was a rookie that I didn't have as much experience as, you know, pretty much everyone else there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and at times that I was female, but I never felt from any of the other reporters that being female, you know, put me at a disadvantage or, um, that there was any less respect because I was female. I always had pretty good experiences in that sense. Right. Um, and, you know, there, there's always like, I think even as men, you know, when when you go into a locker room and there are numerous naked men walking around, like I don't think any guy is, well, maybe you can answer it, is completely comfortable. But having said that, too, when you're doing your job, you're doing your you're job. You're doing your job. And you are so tunnel vision on what you need to do 
who you need to talk to, how much time you have before your deadline, that all that kind of fades into the background. And so, I agree. yeah, I agree. it's, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I just was very fortunate. I was surrounded by really good people and, and I had a lot of really great positive experiences. The, the reason I bring it up is because from my vantage point, and I, I believe I'm correct about this, you would have been one of the first regular female voices on 960 because Joe would bring you on, Joe Sports would bring you on for Media Roundtable every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you did too. Yeah, yeah. Well, but he started it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, possibly. I guess. Yeah. You know, I, I think Tammy was on. I think Tammy was on a couple of times. I could be, I could yeah. be wrong about that, but I'm thinking about the early days. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and at that time, that was, whew, nobody does yeah. that. Right. Like, that's what yeah. I remember is like the first time I heard you on there was like, yeah. whoa. Oh, this is awesome. Like, you know, you were kicking ass and taking names sort of thing, which, you know, because it's such, in, to the, those who don't know, that's a different environment too, right? It, it was. Yeah, definitely. I, I would say so. It was so new, right? And yeah. I remember being on your show and a guy called in and was complaining and, and said, well, the only reason I got my job was because I was female. Yeah. And, uh, and it was kind of funny because you, you kind of handed him his ass in his hand and said, yeah, see you later. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> because, I, you know, I'm ready to jump on it. And and I remember you just got in there and, and the question, you know, you were asking him because he felt he was he was new and young. And, and, you know, there was no hope for a young white guy to break into sports. And it was, yeah. It was it was just a whole. No, and, and that's that's kind of what it was framing my mind is I remember that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not. I think we made, I think we've made headway, but I don't think we've come yeah. far enough yet, but I just, no, yeah. I just remember like you being on there and I'm going, Oh, this is awesome because it hadn't, it hadn't been that yet. Right. Yeah. You know, it wasn't enough at the time. I, you know, we're still not again, that's a whole other conversation, but yeah. you, you know where I'm going with, you would have been right yeah. in that kind of cusp of where you still would have been at least aware of that stuff. Right. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's lunacy. Um, then you were part of a cultural moment in Calgary's history, which f still befuddles me to this day, but 2004, the oh. greatest non-win in, in the history of the city. Uh, but again... Oh, my wedding day. Well, that's what I was going to get to. Yeah. I, that's what I was going to get to. Because you had been there, you had seen the bad teams, and there was nothing to suggest that this... 2003 season was going to be any different or fourth 2003 uh, no. right yeah and yeah, it caught us all by surprise so tell us about what happened and and how it all went down like the whole season or? no no just well because at some point you guys are going to get married right yeah yeah so we we had planned this and of course when we planned the date june 5th we're like no way like they hadn't made playoffs in seven years i it's think safe. playoffs that's right Right. So even if they make playoffs, we're like, June is going to be absolutely fine. We're not going to have any issues with this. So we set our date and, you know, I went about organizing everything, you know, going to the wedding fairs with my mother-in-law and checking things out and, you know, doing deposits and all this stuff. And then, you know, stuff you do kind of early on. And, and then, of course, it's a couple months before the actual date when things really ramp up and you're paying, you know, off the final things, making final decisions, blah, 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 whatever. So all of a sudden this team is like, oh, okay, well, well, we're going to the playoffs. Okay, well, 
you're going to be traveling with the team. You're going to be following them. And, uh, okay. Yeah. No big deal. This is cool. This is fun. Oh my goodness. Sure. And then all it's the April, time, right? It's yeah. April. Yeah. 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 Beginning of April and yeah. you know, whatever, got lots of time. Well, as it, you know, as they continue to go, it's like, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this is, this is great. And I'm so focused on work and very happy to do that. Mm-hmm. But then my poor mother-in-law is like, we got to get stuff done. Yeah, we yeah. have to, you know, all this stuff is coming due. And so my husband, you know, not reluctantly, he was, he was happy to let me organize, but at this point, I put it, you know, going with his mind. So, you know, he's going to listen to the harpist play and, and decide, do we want this? Okay. I guess, well, sure. Why not? And, you know, he's having to pick all these different things with, with his mom. They were great. They just kind of ran with it because I could do nothing because I was traveling so much and working so much and, so things are, are ramping up and, you know, the flames just keep winning and they keep moving on. And it's, oh, my gosh. And then it actually got to. So now they're going to the finals. Yep. And my um, news director, I think it was my news director, called me and said, OK, um, so James, who was our our national reporter. OK, James is going to take over. And I, I lost it. Like I'm pretty non-confrontational. I just, you know, I want to be that team player. I go with the flow. But at this point I'm like, are you, you're, you're kidding me. That's not happening. I've been with this team since day one. Like there's no way I'm not, I'm not going to follow them now. So they agreed. So James and I both went and uh, we're going back and forth. And then it's like, oh my God, game six. That's, that's our wedding day. So the day uh, of game six, the day of game game six. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, we'll fly James in for the game. Um, And at that point, um, you know, we had the media plane. Yep. That was the now media charter. Yeah. Yeah. Media charter. Yeah. Yeah. That was taking reporters back and forth. And so I had a seat on that for game seven. Shouldn't be required, but it's game six. And we're like, oh, my God. And we had people, of course, that worked with the Flames, that worked in the industry that we had invited to the wedding. And we're like, well, they're not coming. Um, But other people, like, are we going to lose other people because this game's going on? Yeah. So we just let me brought in televisions. (laughs) And we had televisions at the reception. So, you know, people were good. I mean, they still partook in the activities and that. But even we were kind of. You know, well, my husband more so than me, I was trying to, you know, finally talk to people because I'd been so absent for a couple months now at this point. But we watched and oh, my God, did it was it ever a mood killer? Oh, I can only imagine. Right. And but it could have been the other way, too. Right. You might have had the wedding of the century. Exactly. Like, it. oh, it was just it was so heartbreaking. And um, so after the game ended, that's when some more guests arrived and one of them happened to be um, at the time he was the mascot. He was doing Harvey the hound. Yeah. And so Is this Chris, and, yeah, Chris Dingle. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 So Chris, his wife, my husband and I, we all sat down with our phones and we started calling the airlines to book tickets to get my husband okay. and Chris. Um, and as it turned out, Chris's brother-in-law to Tampa the next day or the day, you know, in time for game seven anyway. And, uh, so this, you know, fraternity of mascots, Chris <laughs> reached out to the lightning bug. He's like, no problem. I'll get you tickets. It's all good. 
So we ended up getting them. Uh, Chris's wife worked for Air Canada at the time, so we were able to get through, get tickets for them to get to Tampa. Uh, so my husband got to Tampa, and his story is just as funny because they arrived, and the traffic around the arena is just insane, right? And they like they're not even sure they're going to get there on time. Well, the lightning bug gets in his golf cart, comes down through traffic, whatever, picks them up, gets them <laughs> to the arena. They've got, you remember the hard hats? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hard hats, they've got the flags, they've got their jerseys. And uh, I just remember because by the time the game was ending, I had come down um, and was watching it on the television screen. And they, I, I don't know if it was in-house. It must have been the in-house. I don't know. But the last shot I saw was my husband, Chris, and his brother-in-law and the look of dejection. Like Oof. they were just completely like yeah, drained. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, that was the last shot I saw on the television screen. And then of course it's off to do the, the post game. And, and, you know, that was a eye opener for me too, right? Like you have grown men who are in tears and just so tired and heartbroken oh, yeah. and, um, you know, they should have had, uh, they should have had game six, but I mean, that's, you know, yeah, yeah. That's come up on this podcast. Let me just leave it at that. It's come up on this podcast so many times. Right? Yeah. But I think you're burying the lead, Deb. So the let lead? okay. You get married. Yeah. You have your wedding night and yeah. the next day you leave for Tampa, right? There was there was um because you have to tear down. You have to do all these things post wedding. Yeah. Right? And yeah. then I am packing again yeah. because you know yeah, it was it was insane. I left, I think, at ten that morning. The next day, ten o'clock in the morning, you're on a flight after your wedding. Yes, yeah. Oof. See, and I then, knew I didn't know the fine details. I guess I just didn't put two and two together. Like you're not having a gift opening or a reception no. or all those sort of it things, was, right? It was nuts. Yeah, it was Holy nuts. Holy cow! Yeah, so we I, I left and. Um, I can't remember when my husband's flight got there. I don't think it was that day. I feel it was the next day. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps. Like the day of like game seven was on the Monday, I think. Yeah. Not not entirely sure. But yeah, I was on a plane and I was I was gone. Um so it was nice that he that he could come. And then, you know, after you know, you you're tired. Like it, this was so long and you're emotional. And unexpected. And, and unexpected. Unexpected, totally. And so we hadn't at that point, we hadn't planned a honeymoon because um, we, we just didn't have anything planned. We figured we had time and we'd do whatever, whenever. Um, so with him there, uh, work was good enough to give me the next week off. And we had no plans. We just kicked around Florida for a week. We kind of oh, so you over. never came back? I didn't come back. No. So you didn't do Green Garbage Bag Day? You didn't do downtown or any of that stuff? Gotcha. No, okay. I missed all of that. So I you just was, stayed in Florida? Yeah. Stayed in Florida, drove around. Like we had no plans. We didn't know what we were gonna do or where we were gonna go. So yeah, we just we just drove around around and had some fun and went to a couple different places, went to Disney and that was it. That might be the greatest wedding <laughs> honeymoon story in the history of wedding honeymoon yeah, stories, right? Was, like yeah, I got was, nothing on that. My my yeah. sister in law stuck a potato in my the tailpipe. That's it. Like <laughs> yeah, I got nothing, right? Oh, it was, it was a blur though, to tell you the truth. Like it was, it was insane, but, uh, you know, and 
if this, you know, if this were a different podcast, I could tell you about my husband's experience because that was another thing, which was, um, which was really interesting. Cause he said he had his bachelor party. He was going to games. Like he, he sort of had a prolonged pre wedding celebration, which of course, for the most part I missed out on because I was so working. Did you not have a bachelorette party? I had an impromptu bachelorette party, which was actually quite fabulous because there were so many surprises that came together. I almost, my family almost couldn't get me out of the house because I was exhausted. I was cranky. I just, I'm like, leave me alone. I just need to chill and yeah. unwind. And they're like, oh, we're just going to go for dinner. Come on. And, you know, and I'm just like, I'm so irritated by them all. I'm like, just leave already. But they were in town early for the wedding. And uh, so they took me out. It must have been a day or two, probably two before the wedding. Okay. And we ended up heading to Shanks. And it was a huge surprise. My friends from out of town had come in early. Uh, my mom, my aunts, uh, just a bunch of people yep. were there. So we had a little bit of fun there. And then the girls and I, a few of us, we went out on the town and had a really fun time. Well, you didn't get robbed of that anyway. No, right? no. But that no. that is, it's a fair point that, you know, people who weren't in the business or in the industry at that point probably can't appreciate. And it's just, we were all happy to do it. But oh, the, yeah. the games were played, but then we went to work, right? And for yeah. someone like yourself, you would have yeah. been waiting on uh, uploading video. You would have been waiting for live hits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just yeah. as important the day after as it was the day of and stuff yeah. like that. Like it was, it's, it was a grind like no other. Yeah, you know, and it's very different because, of course, all of us are sports fans. Yep. Um, but when you're in the moment, you're so focused on your work and what needs to be done for your work. And when you're working yep you watch the game differently than you would if you're just there to enjoy it and so it took me many years after i stopped sports reporting to just be able to sit and watch and not analyze and not think ahead to you know like paying particular attention to stats and and you know you just you get in that mind frame because you're thinking about how you're going to frame your story how you're going to present so you're telling me at some point i'm going to stop because I mean, I'm I'm two years I'm two years removed. I, I I still look at everything like through the lens of okay, who's the follow up guest for this? Where's the next level? What do we? You know, it's just instinctual, right? It is, it is, and and you did it far longer than I, so it will probably take you a long time. If, great, if ever you can get out of that mode. Oh, great! You know, which is you know, but what I love about it though is now um, I I and again baseball I covered a very little baseball in yep. my time. Uh, now my girls play softball, which is entirely new to sure. me. Um, but I love it. And, and I can't, well, I, you know, because I don't know enough and I'm still learning and I'm learning from a different perspective now, you yeah. know? So um, I, I love it. I love, love that sport now. I, I would say this, you, you know, not unlike what you're saying is my love of hockey is now going out with the kids that, just don't play right like and or playing for the first time i don't i don't need to be around high level at that like i I rather enjoy that just the love of the game sort of thing right ignorance is bliss to a certain extent yeah right no it is it is it is and you know i think i i love i love now that there is a push to create and really develop that love of the game yep instead of pushing to excel and and uh succeed and 
And uh, let's, so let's wrap it up a bit this way then, because we started off talking about you as a fairly elite athlete. You've also yeah. talked about, you know, your kids being in team sports. What kind of sport parent are you? Oh, wow. I have learned a lot with them being in team sport and I have evolved thankfully quickly, quickly, I think, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not used to that. Um, you know, I'm used to result based decisions, right? Either you make this time, you swim this fast, or you don't go to this competition. I'm not used to, well, this person thinks you can add this, or you can do this for the team, or this, you know, like it's, it's, it's more subjective. Mm -hmm. That was very difficult for me as a parent to start with, right? And to, and to judge because you look and you think, well, I think my kid's better than that kid, or I think my kid's as good as that. So why isn't this happening? So that took me a little bit to get used to and 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 then even you know riding home with with the kids after a game or something you know um talking to them about it well maybe you could do this next time maybe you can do that next time you know maybe this happened because of this and they don't want to talk about it no they just like they would get so you know just okay mom okay okay just stop so now it's it's you know it's come it's like 180 now now it's just you know we talk about it if they want to talk about the game, yeah. what happened in the game. Um, and if they do, then, of course, I'm open to talk. Otherwise, it's just like we're driving home and, hey, you want to stop and get something to eat? Are you hungry? What do you think? You know, yep. they don't want to talk. That's fine. But it took a lot for me, right? Because I, I think, well, I have these things to offer. I feel like I've come through so much, you know, and I have that 2020 hindsight now with what I felt I may have needed as a uh, young athlete, but maybe didn't get. Yep. And so I want to add that. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's just being there to support them. But it took me a while to to get there, right? Oh, I absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It it took so, took me forever to understand one's not the other, right? Yes. You, yeah. You know, yeah. 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 So now it's just support and just you know, um, hoping they can appreciate what they have, you know, and. Yeah. And, um, and and love the sport and want to continue with sport, whether it's this one or any other one, yeah. um, when they get older. Do, do you miss the sport part? Do you miss, I mean, you, you, you're doing, you're on camera, you're reporting, you, yeah. that itch is scratched, but do you miss the sports yeah. part? Um, I think I do. I think I'm, because it's, it's you know, it's, it's just a different world. It's just such a... But we didn't, world. well, we didn't, we did. We didn't have social media. Like that's that's the one thing, and I think at the end of my tenure, yeah, that that plays a much bigger role than I think I ever figured it did. Yeah, and you know, it certainly wasn't there when when I was done. So I can't say how it has changed in the job in that respect, right? Yeah, that would be one for you know Jermaine, who's been around through it all. Oh um, yeah, you know, um, that's the toughest human being I've ever known. Yeah. He's, you know, well, this is the thing. Like we and you guys share a cameraman. Wonderful, yeah, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. He's now Jermaine's work husband. <laughs> he was my uh, poor Ryan. Like you, you will not meet a better no. individual. Like 100%. that guy. I had to call him once. We were going out on a shoot, and I was crying. I'm like, I can't tie my shoelaces because I was so pregnant. <laughs> And, you know, he put up with so much and was just, he's just, you know, such a great, wonderful. Oh, 
question and, and so good at his job and you know he's like, a guy that should probably get on this podcast really you should you know you what know? you should you yeah. should because that guy he remembers everything and of course you know his sport days go back to his calgary connect days, oh absolutely 100 percent. Right? So, yeah yeah definitely yeah good guy. yeah, yeah. I, it's <laughs> it's a good it, it's a good time it was all a good time but um yeah. it was just so much fun you know we talked to Glenn Campbell and talk to Jermaine it was you never know but it was a lot when we were kind of in the thick of it I guess 04 maybe it just it was yeah. never better than that yeah no I agree I agree and you know and you mentioned uh Glenn too because locals change so much oh, yeah. but like Glenn and Kevin and he's Glenn, it Glenn's yeah. it yeah like yeah. that's the insane yeah. part yeah right yeah no that's true when well yeah because I'm a global and I see you know like Brendan left, Kevin left, yeah. Um, yeah, Heath left, Lisa left. You know, it's just, yeah, it's it's insane. I it hope is. it comes back. I mean, that's the nice thing about the media, that things tend yeah. to be circular, right? It, you know what? I've said that for a long time, that, you know, hoping it, it comes full circle. Because now when you have the age of the internet and social media and everything, it's very hard not to, um, well, it's, it's very, I don't feel local gets enough attention because it gets lost in the mix of everything else that is happening in the world. And so I think, you know, to get that local feel and to know what's happening right next door to you, as interesting as everything else going on in the world, you know, I'm hoping people will, will find that desire to, to know what's really happening in their own backyard and, and to get connected better that way. That, and and I hope that we kind of, I've said this about four or five times on this podcast. We're at about 70-30, opinion versus news reporting. I'd yeah. like to see it flipped. I need 70% news reporting, then give me opinion. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and I, especially in sports, especially yeah. in sports. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it gets hard when you don't, when you don't have that. And when it's, you know, when you're getting all those opinions from everywhere. You know, not just, yeah. So, yeah. That's a whole other, you know. That's a whole other podcast. That's what that is. It's a whole (laughs) other podcast. That's a round table podcast you need to do. Yeah, that is, yes. Yes. Old people on the lawn, you kids, you're so, your TikToks. Get your TikToks (laughs) off my lawn. Yeah, exactly. We don't like the TikTok. (laughs) No, we don't like the TikTok. And the the, the Facebook and the Twitter. And (laughs) What, what was the, the best, story or interview or what's I ask often ask an athlete this question when you put your head on your pillow and you're falling asleep what's that one memory you remember of your time in sport oh gosh there were there were a couple I always I always liked uh and not that I got to do it often but I really liked interviewing Mike Vernon Hmm. uh he would always poke fun at me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, but he did cry during one of our interviews. It was quite emotional. Um, so I always, I always like that because I always find yeah. that, um, you know, those types of things made you feel accepted. You know, yep. somebody, I know it sounds funny, somebody making fun of you, right? No, but, but if they, if they can share emotion with you, it's a great compliment. Exactly. Like it was all in, you know, it was always in good, uh, jest, um, uh, good humor. Um, so that did. And then I, oh gosh, like when I would get nervous, like my mind would go blank. It was so embarrassing. And I remember, I think it was the first and only time I did a one-on-one with Wayne Gretzky. 
was awful. We're we're chatting, and of course he's amazing, right? Sure he is. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. had questions in mind, and I just could not like they. I was asking them, but at the end, you know, it's like I'm like everybody knows who he is. Do I really have to say who this is? This is the conversation in my mind while yep. he's speaking, right? Yep. How I'm gonna wrap this up? And what I said, whatever I said, but then I guess I was giggling like a little schoolgirl, like blushing and giggling. And to me, I didn't realize it, but my sister in Ottawa called me after and she's like, oh my God, you were giggling. And yeah, I was like, yes, I was, I guess. I don't know. I lost my marbles. It was Wayne Gretzky. Like I had it, you know, yep. I grew up watching him and it was, yeah, it was a bit much, I guess. I was overwhelmed. <laughs> but normally I think I, you know, stayed fairly sure. good around the big names. I wasn't, you know too intimidated or anything but yeah that that one time the great one i giggled like a schoolgirl. <laughs> my yeah. last one for you and i ask all my guests i will put no parameters on it i will just ask you and you can give me okay. whatever answer you want give me deb your hidden calgary gem oh my hidden calgary gem when we're doing this right now when we come out of it we want people to be you know, excited or heard something. Oh, geez, I got to check that out or go there or try that or whatever. And I put no parameters on it. It's whatever you feel the answer to that question is. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's, that's tough. I, I don't do a lot now that, now that you <laughs> got it to my attention. Um, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, Oh, what, what restaurant? Well, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, Hmm. Oh, you may have stumped me, honestly. Like I'm, I'm trying to think if there's a good restaurant. I'm, there, there was one that I would have said was a hidden well, where gem. Do you guys, where does the family go? Where did, is there a place that the family goes, or you like going or doing? Or? Management, so it's not good anymore. <laughs> it's not as good. Um, okay, uh, and all I can think about is food. That's okay. Uh, um, okay, well, if okay, oh, it's so lame. <laughs> there is a bubble tea place uh, called okay. Happy Time. Okay. In, uh, my Northwest community. Yeah. Which makes, in my opinion, the best slushy bubble teas. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that's it. That's that, all I got. That's <laughs> awesome. This has been so much fun. It has been good to do this. Um, uh, all, you know, I've always been a huge fan. So to get a chance to speak to you and, and really to learn about your swimming career, that was the best part for me. So thank you for, for being so kind today. Absolutely. Now, I want to know, yeah. has anyone talked to, like, have you been able to share your experiences or has anyone Bits been and able- pieces through all of this? Like, that's yeah. the best part about this program is that it's been, you know, the agenda is there's no agenda. I'm just, I told Sport Calgary, I want to do something, talk about people in sport in Calgary, sports yeah. in Calgary, but my friends. And, and, and I want it to be friendly conversations. So not specifically have I done one, but... You know, I, know. I talk to you and I get to share a story about you coming on with Joe and, and doing media roundtable. I do with Glenn and Glenn and I'll talk about something. Jermaine and I'll talk about something. So it comes out over time. Sure it does. I, I got his, I, one thing I do have to mention is that I used to love coming down to the hot stove lounge and sitting in there and while you were doing the call-in show. I was always in awe. Like people have to, I, I don't think they understand or could appreciate the work that you did. And the talent that you have when people would call in, the conversations you'd have, remembering their names. They're calling now, Deb. 
it was it was absolutely phenomenal and and that was probably one of my joys of being in that atmosphere is those few opportunities that I'd have to come and sit and watch you at work and then of course driving home after every game yeah. right yeah and sitting yeah. on the radio and and getting the different views because Calgary does have some of the most absolute knowledgeable sports fans oh yes absolutely 100%. And so the conversations that you would have with them were just just you know like nothing else i've heard it was a neat time it was. it's not the same with social media because at that point it was really the one of the only ways that you could be expressed right you could express yourself yeah. and yeah to, there's something you said about that which was kind of neat and i'm glad you brought it up was leaving the door open in the hostel lounge was always a big thing for me because you never know people just walked in right you you would come in Gary Bettman right 100 percent jerky 100 percent you know (laughs) but you would come in and and listen to a little bit of overtime Jermaine might come in Darren Haynes might come in you know Scott Crookshank didn't matter it was just it was a a, again back to that communal part we had we were a bit of a community right right and we weren't just talking about the the playoff run year the the cup run year this was all the time oh yeah this yeah, is all yeah. throughout that the, the time that i was there yeah and it, it's it's hard to describe and i hope that yeah. i hope that the will Nults and the pat steinbergs and the ryan leslie's are having that same experience right now i really do i hope it's their experience and they're enjoying it the same way we yeah. did because yeah. it, you know you kind of feel like the high school seniors eh? like you juniors you know you'll <laughs> you'll figure out what this is all about but yeah yeah it was, but it it was it is, it's it's different too right even around the dome is different i've been there recently and uh the business, the business has changed. There's, there's yeah. no doubt about it. The yeah. business has changed. Lots of good people. Lots of oh, great people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But and and again, it's their, it's their time, their environment. But right, yeah. ours was pretty cool. I, I, yeah, I liked ours. Ours was pretty special. I agree. You, you are the freaking best. Thanks, Deb. You are. <laughs> oh, you are. You. <laughs> there you go. Um, might be Deb. By the way, might be the greatest wedding story ever. That might be the greatest wedding story ever. Um, and how how the Stanley Cup Finals kind of interrupted it. So thanks to Deb uh, for spending some time with us. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Did not, I just didn't, I I guess I knew Deb was an athlete, but I had no idea to what extent. I had no idea that she went down to the, the States to go to college. Um, so that was a fun part. I love these conversations because you learn something, and, and that's what it was all about. Uh, again, if you enjoyed this conversation, please check it out. We got a, we've done almost fifty now uh, here in the last couple of months. Sandra Persina from uh, Six Sixty News, Trent McClellan, comedian George Canyon. I mean, these are all early ones. In, in case you're just joining us, you might want to go back and take a look. There, we right from the get go. Katrina Lemay Dome. We hit the ground running. Check them out. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Sign up, subscribe, do whatever you need to do. Tell a friend. Be part of it. Thank you so much for joining us. We're back real soon with a new one. This is the original Six Feet Conversation Podcast here at SportCalgary.ca.